Okay, so this morning, um, it was it's, it's on my heart this morning to share on a topic that all of us can relate to, I'm pretty sure. Um, and we're going to go through a lot of verses this morning. If uh, you are struggling with finding where they are, please have a pen and paper ready. It's my suggestion you have a pen and paper ready and write down the verses and then read them later on. And uh, this practice, even if you do read them with us, this practice of writing things down will also strengthen us. Okay, as we talked about during Sunday school, it's another part of strengthening us because it will reinforce what we hear. Okay, um, so this morning we're going to be talking about weathering the storms of life weathering the storms of life as a Christian, okay? Weathering the storms of life as a Christian. And um, of course, all of us know that this life is, it comes with its ups and downs, its bumps, its valleys, its storms. Um, and sometimes it can be quite difficult to navigate these storms. And as believers, um, like we've been studying and saying, we do stand in contrast to the rest of the world. And uh, we do things a lot differently. And sometimes because we do so, um, it can be a little bit more difficult to weather storms um, because we don't do things the way others do. And uh, we are tempted in ways that others may not be tempted. Um, and um, it's amazing because we spoke about a little bit about it during our Bible study about patience and long suffering. And sometimes this is uh, what we will go through as believers. And there's some storms that happen that kind of blindside us. Um, they happen because we believe in Christ. Um, they can, and we have to be aware uh, of where they're coming from. And we're going to get into that. Um, as we go on with the scriptures. And so the inspiration for this message, let's just go there straight, is Matthew chapter 8, verses 23 to 27. Matthew chapter 8, verses 23 through 27. That is the first book in the New Testament, okay, Matthew. And it reads like this. Now, when he got into a boat, his disciples followed him, and suddenly a great tempest arose on the sea, so that the boat was covered with the waves, but he was asleep. Then his disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us, we are perishing. But he said to them, Why are you fearful, O you of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. So the men marveled, saying, Who can this be that even the winds and sea obey him? Amen. In the middle of your turmoil and your tempests, and the waves may seem like they're crushing you, may Jesus be in the boat with you, telling the storm to be still 
And may you experience calm. May we all experience calm this morning in our soul and in our inner being as we sense the presence of Jesus this morning. Amen. Amen. And um, if as we read this story, you know, it's just a few verses. It's just four verses. But it can, it's been likened a lot to life. And there's a few things I want us to highlight before we get into the chunk of um, today's uh, sermon. And um, one of them is the fact that the waves were not small. Okay. And um, crisis, crises and problems and difficulties are relevant to to the individual experiencing them. And they can very much feel like they're going to crush us and they very much can feel like they're overwhelming, okay? They can feel overwhelming. They can feel like it's a lot. The pressure, just the pressure alone of the world, the pressure of work, the pressure of family can really sometimes feel overwhelming. Um, But... When Jesus is in the boat with us, when Jesus is in the boat of life with us, that's my second highlight. When Jesus is in the boat with us, he can sometimes seem like he's not doing anything, right? When we're going through crisis, we can say to ourselves, why is this happening? I don't understand. I didn't do anything wrong. There's no reason for this to happen, you know, um, and even if you did something wrong that caused it, you still will go through some of these questions. Does God angry at me? Has God rejected me? Does God lo- God will never, God does not reject. God will continue to love and know he is not angry with you. God is right there. Uh, as The moment that we repent, the moment that we say sorry, he's right there to help us through the price, process, through the crisis, through the problems, through the difficulty. He will, he will never leave us. And that's a truth that you could take home with you. You could cash that check at the bank. He will never leave us or forsake us. So that's the next point. We want Jesus in the boat of life with us. We will want to take him with us wherever we go, wherever we do, wherever we are, wherever we find ourselves. You, we want Jesus in the boat because, and this is number three, he can cause a calm to happen. The problem may not necessarily go away, and we're going to get into that, but he can have calm and i can also guarantee all of us that and this is i believe this strongly we will have the victory in the end amen we will have the victory i don't know what anybody is going through this morning but i want to tell you that we will have the victory in the end and i want every single person to tell their soul that jesus is in my boat and i will have the victory in the end, uh, it doesn't matter if you're going through a health crisis, a family crisis, whatever personal crisis, problem, situation that we are going through, I want you to speak to that situation this morning and say that Jesus is in the boat with me and 
God will, I will have that victory in Jesus' name because God is in the boat. Amen. And so we're going to get into some things of uh, some equipment, if you will, that we need to make sure that we have in our soul and our being, okay, um, when we go through crises. Hallelujah. And like I said, I, God will guarantee you, if you have Jesus in that boat, that you will have victory. Um, so let's go through some of them. There's three of them. Three. Well, it's really four, um, uh, but we'll see how, what we get through, okay? Um, and I'll, if I have to rush, I, I, I might, but I hope I don't. So the first one that we have to just keep in mind um, is to allow God's grace to overwhelm us instead. Allow God's grace to overwhelm us. What does that mean? Let's go to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. What does that mean? Allow God's grace to overwhelm me. What does that mean? And it reads like this, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. And he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. So this is the Apostle Paul writing, and the Apostle Paul was going through something difficult himself. And um, he was asking the Lord that uh, it be taken away. He just want he just wanted this pestering thing. It was really, really bothering him. And I'm sure for him to have prayed and asked God to take it away, it means that he was feeling quite overwhelmed. And uh, God's answer was, this is God talking, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. It sounds like a very harsh or not enough answer, but um, when we dissect this, what God is trying to tell us is that uh, we have everything that we need. We have everything that we need to overcome any situation or any problem. And the grace of God, the grace of God will enable us to overcome any type of adversity. The grace of God will help us to come any type of adversity. We are not perfect people, but God is perfect. And the thing with uh, grace is that grace is such a powerful thing. Grace abounds. Grace doesn't have a, uh, a limit to it. It is the empowerment to get up and keep on going. It is the strengthening to say that um, with God, I can do this. With God, all things are possible. It makes those things 
come alive to us when we understand the grace of God. And the thing is that when we are going through crisis and problems and situations, we are dealing with imperfect people and we ourselves are also imperfect. And so we need the grace of God to overtake. So that means that we are no longer going to operate in our flesh, right? This is what, um, how it turns out, how, how it uh, fleshes itself out. Sometimes when we're going through problems and something is badgering, we will want to take care of it with what we have, what we know, you know, uh, you know, maybe we feel like fighting, you know, we'll want to punch somebody out. (laughs) And I know that sometimes we've been through situations in our lives where we feel like that's the best solution would be to just to go to somebody's house or whatever it is, or, or maybe it happened out on out on the street in a store in a supermarket and you just want to either push that person or punch somebody out and this seems like the appropriate response Um, and God is saying no let my grace be sufficient for us let's put it like that because I am included in that it is sufficient for me His grace is sufficient for me. It will enable me to overcome and love. Love conquers all things. It allows us, even through our own imperfections, to be able to get up again and keep on going because His grace will cover us and allow us to keep pushing. 2 Corinthians 8, 7 says, But as you abound in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, and in diligence, and in your love for us, see that you abound in this grace also. Romans 5, verses 20 to 21. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, Grace abounded much more, so that as sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. But where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. This does not mean that we go ahead and just sin and be reckless because that has consequences in and of itself. It's saying that when we can't, God can. Where we can't, God can. And so that may mean that we don't act the way that we will want to act and allow God to act. And when we allow God to act, we will see God's grace abound. And that goes through our problems. That goes through maybe a personal struggle, maybe a personal sin. We have to just help ourselves by whatever it is, putting that thing aside, stop staring at that thing, start reading scriptures and allowing God to take over. This is what I mean by allowing God's grace to overwhelm us. We have to plug into God because God never leaves us and allow him to just take over. 
and we obey him. Whatever he tells us to do, that's what we do. Whatever he tells us to say, that's what we'll say. It, um, and we need to pray during those times and just allow God's grace to abound. Hallelujah. Allow God's grace to abound. And if we want to see that, we have to not work in our flesh. We have to tell our flesh no and not listen to the temptations of what we would want to do or what we are used to doing, but allow God to work. And when we allow God to work, you will see God just do amazing things on our behalf because grace is now abounding. You will begin to not want to do the things that you used to do anymore. And you'll start losing the taste for it, in a sense. You'll not want to do it anymore. For example, I just, I just thought of this example. Okay, um, Let's say you love sweets. Okay? And I can say that because I love sweets. Absolutely love sweets. But your doctor says you need to stop eating sweets. How do I do that? One of the first things that I, uh, I personally, I did was I stopped buying them. Okay. I have to stop buying them. Um, so we have to stop, uh, giving our, allowing that temptation to come. So we, I have to stop buying them. So I have to start putting them down and stop buying. And the more that I did that, um, the less I ate sweets. And if, even if I wanted, you know, a little sweet, it would be just a little bit. Um, and then after a while, I started realizing that I didn't want sweets that much anymore. Our craving, my craving started going down until the, and you know, and, and that's, it's, it's not completely the same, but it's very similar. I think you understand the metaphor. The more we plug into God and the more we, uh, strengthen ourselves in Christ, and we study the word and we plug in and we pray, um, the less we have the taste for other things. That taste will go down and we'll be able to operate in one. So that's allowing God's grace to abound. And there is sufficient grace for that. No matter what the situation is, no matter what we're going through, that grace of God will abound. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So I hope we got that right. Let's go to the next one. Number two. Number two. We build our lives on Christ. We build our lives on Christ. What does that mean? Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. Matthew 7, 24. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. Amen. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. When we are, as we go through uh, our lives, the thing that we want is for our life to be strong. If we liken our life to a house, um, the only way we can do that is if we build it on Christ. 
right? So if we take like, you know, houses, regular houses, um, the one thing that anybody will tell you when you when we are going house shopping is that make sure that the foundation is good, okay? We want to make sure that any house that we buy, it's on proper soil, the ground is good, um, is it a flood zone? Are we going to have problems with the with the with the foundation? Is the is there cracks in the foundation? Because if there's cracks in the foundation or the ground is not solid, that house is going to be a problem, a really really big problem. We should just leave the house and don't buy it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna use that and liken it to our lives. So how do we build our life on Christ? The scripture says, whoever hears these sayings of mine, of Jesus, and does them, it is like a wise man who built his house on a rock. The rock here, meaning um, what Jesus is talking about is himself. He's talking about Jesus. He's talking about himself. Um, and the sayings is the scriptures. So when we uh, go, when we study our our Bible or when we go to a midweek Bible study or when we go to church and we hear something and we know that God is speaking to us, if we do them, then our house will be strong. The more we do it, the more the, the stronger our house will become, the stronger our lives will become. And this is important when we're going through situations and circumstances because you want your house to be strong. So we have to be able, um, when we listen to, to God to do, we have to respond in action to his word. Each and every single time we obey, our house gets stronger. It's there, There's nothing else to that. Okay, and this is going to be very important. We shouldn't be people who, uh, you know, do God just go to church and listen to God's word and then we're not taking action on it um, it won't strengthen us where we find strength in Christ where we find strength to weather the storm is when we do what the word says to do and um, that's why we did grace first because we're going to need grace for that when great when where we are weak God's grace abounds okay God's grace will abound. We can do it. With God, all things are possible. With men, things may not be possible. With God, all things are possible. Um, and I want us to start believing and saying that to ourselves this morning. Okay, uh, we're going to the third one here. And the third one is, it's a lot. Um, I'm going to go through it really fast. But I believe that there um, are important things that we're going to need, okay? Um, and I'm going to throw in the last one. I'm going to throw in the fourth one. But let's go into...
Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 20. We're having technical difficulty, but um, we are going to continue. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand, that you may be able to withstand, therefore take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, And having done all to stand, stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And for me that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Amen. We had a little technical difficulty, but that was Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians 6, verses 10 through 20. Um, And it talks about the armor of God. It says to put on the whole armor to be able to stand against the wiles of the devil, because we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age, and against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Now, there's a lot in this passage um, but I believe if we take our time to read it um, and use it as a study uh, by itself, we can gain a lot more for it. But uh, for time's sake, I'm going to just go through it because I want us to get the general idea of it because it's important when we're going through um, a storm or weathering a storm or going through difficulties or maybe we're not going through one now, but we're going to need this. We're going to need this and to remember it, Okay. Um, and it's something that I, I practice myself. I'm not, I'm not saying it just to say it, um, and I'm not perfect. Um, but it's things that come back to me all the time, and so I'm sharing them with you this morning. Um, so as believers, we have to recognize that there is a spiritual battle, uh, and the battle is for our souls, Okay. That's the battle. The battle is really, it's our soul. And the enemy is after our soul. He's wanting to separate us from God. He's wanting us to take us away from the truth of God. He wants to take us away from the, our identity in Christ. He's just aiming to just um, separate us. And, and uh, the, truth, the truth of the matter is that we are inseparable from God. But we need to be able to increase in the knowledge of God so we're not able to be lied to, deceived, 
okay? Uh, it keeps us free from deception. It keeps us free from bondages and enslavement because that's what lies do. Basically, lies enslave us and keep us in bondages. And we need to uh, continue to press on in knowing the truth and in the knowledge of Christ. So uh, let's get back to this. So spiritual lies. So we have to understand that there is one happening. Okay, we may not see it physically. We don't see ghosts and, you know, like the movies portray. We don't see, uh, we don't see them, but we are definitely uh, experiencing it. Okay. Um, um, so like I said, there's a lot of different spirits out there. So, you know, things like envy, jealousy, hatred. I mean, you see, if you look at the news this is just the works of evil spirits, evil principalities and powers. Um, this one killed this one because they were jealous. Uh, this one killed the other one because of hatred, uh, kidnapping. You know, all, all, all those things uh, is because of uh, evil spirits, lust, you know, um, power, being hungry for power and, and, and so forth. And like I said earlier, the, the whole motive behind it is just to make us move away from Christ. But the good news is that uh, we don't have to do what they want. We have control over ourselves um, and we have control over uh, what we do. Okay, so let's look at this passage. Um, and some, I'm going to highlight a few things here and I'm going to do them pretty quickly because we don't have that much time. But uh, the first one here is to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And how do we do that? We have to plug into the word. We have to plug into God. Um, we have to be strong in the Lord. Number two, next one. The armor of God to stand against the wiles of the devil. Um, so the uh, scripture here uses the armor of a fighter of a knight, um, a gladiator, sorry, of a gladiator. It uses the example of a gladiator to let us know what uh, certain things as a believer that we need to know, okay? As a believer, we have to arm ourselves with these things um, in as far as doctrine goes, as far as principles goes of what we believe in. And so it's not actually a physical armor, but it is a very much a spiritual one. So um, if there, as we go through the list, if you find that you don't understand one of them, then I suggest it's a place to start and strengthening yourselves, um, ourselves in those areas, okay? Um, so from that, we gain that there are schemes of the enemy that are happening, okay? The next one, our fight is not against humans that's what it says here um it says just read it real quick for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood what does that mean our fight is not necessarily human beings our fight is not against a, a physical person but our fight is actually a spiritual fight okay because of everything that we don't see Okay, the next thing that is important here, the word is repeated quite a few times, and it's the word stand. Stand. Um, this tells us that we shouldn't give up. We should not give up. Um, 
did we just continue to stand on Christ and to stand on the word of God and we just continue to stand on what we know, stand on what the last thing God told you. Just keep standing. Stand. Stand your ground. Stand on the truth of God. Um, why? Because God always wins. God always wins. Okay, so let's get into the armor. The first one here is, it says, gird your waist with truth. Truth. Truth is going to be a big thing when we're going through crises and storms. You want to know what the truth is. What's the truth? What is your truth? What is God telling you in that moment um, that he has you? Then you... Now we need to know that God has us. Um, the next one is going to be righteousness. Righteousness. Um, we need to understand the doctrine of righteousness. It is going to be our breastplate. It's the thing that covers our heart. You know, we need to know uh, the righteousness of God. And what is that? That we are standing right with God. The next one is preparation of the gospel of peace. We go after the, the preparation of the gospel of peace. This means that we are going after the peace of God. We go after the peace of God. Our refuge, where we take refuge, is in God. That is going to be our fortress. That is going to be the place we run to. The psalmist David talks about um, running to his fortress and his refuge, which is which is God. And when we do that, we will find peace. It is the gospel of peace. And so when we're going through these situations and circumstances, the biggest thing that we want to do is to run to that refuge and just allow the peace of God to overwhelm us, okay? Just allow God's peace to just take over. Amen. Um, God's peace stands in truth and in love. God's peace, uh, God's peace makes us um, stay in peace in the middle of war, something that human peace just cannot do. The next one is faith as a shield. Faith as a shield. Faith is a muscle we all need to exercise. It quenches the fiery darts of the enemy. It quenches the fiery darts of the enemy. So we're at the faith. Um, the faith. I know that it dropped. Um, please go ahead and listen to the message, and go through the armor. Okay, we're at faith. Faith is a shield. Faith is a muscle we all need to exercise. Um, every single person that is a believer has faith. It is something that is in us. Um, the reason I can say that is because we had faith to believe in Christ, right? We had faith for salvation. That means we have faith, okay? We have faith in God. And it's sometimes we just need to exercise that muscle, okay? Um, and this faith is a shield. And the faith, what it does is quenches the fury dart to the enemy. What are the fury dart to the enemy? Evil thoughts, what we don't sometimes realize is that when we're going through storms, it's not all thoughts are yours. Not all thoughts I experience are mine. Um, they actually come from 
evil spirits that are throwing them at you. You're not going to make it. Uh, you're not good enough. Uh, she does. She has something that I don't have, or he has something that I want. Um, I'm not, you know, comparing yourself to other people. You know, uh, this this uh, this one is able to do things that I can't. Um, you know, things like that. This is all. This is all the enemy trying to set you up. Um, and what we need in those moments is faith. Faith. Um, so what it, how does that look like? Um, God made me beautiful the way that I am and I have everything. Um, God gave me the gifts that I have because each and every single person does. And I'm good at what I do and so forth. Um, the next one is salvation as a helmet. Salvation. We need to know that we are saved and that we cannot be separated from the love of Christ. Okay, that's salvation. The next one is the spirit as the sword. And that is the word of God. That's the word of God. The spirit as a sword is the word of God. We have to know the word of God. Um, we should have scriptures that we have memorized. Um, we have to have them in our pockets so that we could pull it out when we need them. The next one is to pray continuously with all kinds of prayers. There's different kinds of prayers that we pray and we need to pray them continuously. Uh, we can pray no matter where we are. We can pray while we're working. Or we can pray while we're speaking in our minds. Um, and it could be as simple as God help me. Oh, God be with me. Uh, you know, God give me the wisdom to speak. You know, just pray continuously with all different kinds of prayers. Um these are the principles that we as Christians have to become very familiar with and have to have, okay, in order to um, keep pressing forward, no matter what the crisis we're going through, no matter what is going on in our lives. Uh, so in conclusion, um, I wanted us to close with this verse. Okay, I want us to close with this verse this morning, Philippians 4. 12 through 13. Philippians 4, 12 through 13. I know how to be abased. Philippians 4, 12 to 13 is how we're closing this morning. I know how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things who strengthens me. I'm going to close in prayer this morning. Um, and I pray that no matter what you're going through, that you have victory and you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. In Jesus' name, Lord, I thank you and we give you praise, Lord God, for your word. May your people, Lord God, be strengthened in their inner being this morning. No matter what they're going through, Lord God, no matter how life looks like, O oh Lord, they will overcome in the name of Jesus. May they experience healing in their bodies, Lord God. May they experience your presence this morning. May they be blessed, Lord God, from the crown of their head to the sole of their feet in the name of Jesus. May you keep them always, Lord God, in perfect peace. 
May our minds be stayed on you. May they be blessed in their going in and in their coming out. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.